Many seek out Jesus to learn from his wisdom and be healed of their afflictions. But it's those with faith who are rewarded. It's Luke chapter 7 through 8 and Ecclesiastes chapter 4, here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Jesus continues to exhibit his power over illness, demons, death, and over creation itself. Those who witness his power, including the disciples who are with him daily, continue to be awestruck by what they see. Make no mistake, the people in Jesus' day were not simpletons who would simply believe anything. Like you and I, they knew that what Jesus was doing seemed impossible, and they all had trouble wrapping their minds around it. Later in Ecclesiastes, King Solomon envies the dead who no longer have to bear the burdens of oppression, loneliness, and evil at the hands of wicked men. Without the Lord, these things seem to serve no purpose. Luke chapters 7 through 8. When he had concluded saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. A centurion's servant, who was highly valued by him, was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his servant. When they reached Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this, because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, since I am not worthy to come under your roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Jesus heard this and was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant in good health. Afterward, he was on his way to a town called Nain. His disciples and a large crowd were traveling with him. Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was also with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Don't weep. Then he came up and touched the open coffin, and the pallbearers stopped. And he said, Young man, I tell you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Then fear came over everyone, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us. And God has visited his people. This report about him went throughout Judea and all the vicinity. 
Then John's disciples told him about all these things. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord, asking, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? When the men reached him, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? At that time, Jesus healed many people of diseases, afflictions, and evil spirits, and he granted sight to many blind people. He replied to them, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. After John's messengers left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who are splendidly dressed and live in luxury are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people, including the tax collectors, heard this, they acknowledged God's way of righteousness because they had been baptized with John's baptism. But since the Pharisees and experts in the law had not been baptized by him, they rejected the plan of God for themselves. To what then should I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to each other. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't weep. For John the Baptist did not come eating bread or drinking wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look! a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them and anointing them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. 
Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, Say it, teacher. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they couldn't pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved so much. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Afterward, he was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene. Seven demons had come out of her. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. As a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from every town, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock. When it grew up, it withered away, since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up with it and choked it. Still, other seed fell on good ground. When it grew up, it produced fruit, a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, he called out, 
Let anyone who has ears to hear listen. Then his disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? So he said, The secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is in parables, so that looking they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. Having no root, these believe for a while and fall away in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life, and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring, produce fruit. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to light. Therefore take care how you listen, for whoever has more will be given to him, and whoever does not have even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet with him because of the crowd. He was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside, wanting to see you. But he replied to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. One day, he and his disciples got into a boat and he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they were sailing, he fell asleep. Then a fierce windstorm came down on the lake. They were being swamped and were in danger. They came and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we're going to die. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. So they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, asking one another, Who then is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. Then they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When he got out on land, a demon-possessed man from the town met him. For a long time, he had worn no clothes and did not stay in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and said in a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, 
Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I beg you, don't torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was guarded, bound by chains and shackles, he would snap the restraints and be driven by the demon into deserted places. What is your name? Jesus asked him. Legion, he said, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to banish them to the abyss. A large herd of pigs was there, feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him to permit them to enter the pigs, and he gave them permission. The demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the men who tended them saw what had happened, they ran off and reported it in the town and in the countryside. Then people went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man the demons had departed from sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Meanwhile, the eyewitnesses reported to them how the demon-possessed man was delivered. Then all the people of the Gerasene region asked him to leave them because they were gripped by great fear. So getting into the boat, he returned. The man from whom the demons had departed begged him earnestly to be with him, but he sent him away and said, Go back to your home and tell all that God has done for you. And off he went, proclaiming throughout the town how much Jesus had done for him. When Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Just then a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house because he had an only daughter about twelve years old and she was dying. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for twelve years who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus said. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the synagogue leader's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, Don't be afraid. Only believe, and she will be saved. After he came to the house, he let no one enter with him except Peter, 
John, James, and the child's father and mother. Everyone was crying and mourning for her, but he said, Stop crying, because she is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him, because they knew she was dead. So he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he gave orders that she be given something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 Again I observed all the acts of oppression being done under the sun. Look at the tears of those who are oppressed. They have no one to comfort them. Power is with those who oppress them. They have no one to comfort them. So I commended the dead who have already died more than the living who are still alive. But better than either of them is the one who has not yet existed, who has not seen the evil activity that is done under the sun. I saw that all labor and all skillful work is due to one person's jealousy of another. This, too, is futile and a pursuit of the wind. The fool folds his arms and consumes his own flesh. Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and a pursuit of the wind. Again, I saw futility under the sun. There is a person without a companion, without even a son or brother, and there is no end to all his struggles. His eyes are still not content with riches. Who am I struggling for, he asks, and depriving myself of good things? This too is futile and a miserable task. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But Pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Better is a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer pays attention to warnings. For he came from prison to be king, even though he was born poor in his kingdom. I saw all the living who move about under the sun follow a second youth who succeeds him. There is no limit to all the people who were before them, yet those who come later will not rejoice in him. This, too, is futile and a pursuit of the wind. This podcast reaches your ears ad-free because of fabulous fans of the show like Brady Soup in Lenore, North Carolina, 
Don and Lisa Lackey, and Ann Wilson in St. Charles, Missouri. If you would like to join these folks, go to patreon.com slash commuterbible. There you can sign up for one of the tiers or you can just make up your own tier if you like. And I want you to know we are about to order t-shirts. So if you'd like to get one of those, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash commuterbible. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Pridgen, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Mm-hmm.